Bienvenidos a Stop Hack and Roll, un podcast sobre los juegos de rol y el pasión. Más que cualquier otra cosa, el pasión. Soy Brandon. And I'm James. Today we'll be talking about the most over-the-top romantic of media, telenovelas. Let's talk real briefly just about what it is that we're trying to do with this kind of episode. Okay. It's a little bit more similar to what we did with the Overwatch episode than what we did for episodes one and two. Oh, I was going to say it was more like episode one than anything else. Oh, that's true. I guess it is more similar to episode one. This is really our first episode where we're coming in with, you have already been working on an actual game hack, and you're just going to tell me about it, and we're going to talk about it, right? Oh, yeah, but there's, well, there's so much I am hoping that we're going to be able to do either on the the mics or in the week that we're having between this recording and the second half of this episode right. recording. Because which we should say is because of quirks of when we record and when you're going on a, a trip, we're going to record the first bit of this episode today. Then we're going to come back after a week and record the second half. And hopefully at that point, I will have understood your game well enough that I'm going to try to make a playbook for it. And we'll sort of sum everything up and see where we are. And hopefully by the end, we'll have like a game that we can put out that's playable. Yeah, uh, probably a little bit a little bit slim on playbooks, but with the general concept there, that is something that either we can build it together or I can get back to work on. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about this idea. Okay. After reading Cartel by Mark Diaz Truman, I was really struck by how interesting it can be to try to take a genre of media or film and really try to encapsulate it. Um, can we just... Uh, for all the listeners out there who don't know what Cartel is, could you just go quickly through what that is? Absolutely. Uh, I'm always happy to talk about because Cartel. Because I, of course, am intimately familiar with Cartel. Oh, you cartel, haven't read Cartel? But, cartel is but, so but good. But I'm sure there are people in the audience who haven't. Okay. Mark Diaz Truman of Magpie Games wrote this game called Cartel. What it is, is it's about the narco-fiction of South America and Mexico. Mm -hmm which is kind of a Godfather-esque... It's essentially their Godfather, their mafia okay. movies. And so what this is, is it's a really interesting take on it. It has a lot of darkness to it. It has some of the glorification, but in a very self-aware way. I think Mark Diaz Truman did a fantastic job on really balancing those two things, because narco-fiction is, at its core, very much, uh, very much glorifying what's going yeah. on. Things like uh, Breaking Bad, is, that's an example that pretty much any American audience would know that is essentially narco-fiction. That's a tough thing to try to do when you're paying homage to a, a genre that itself is glorifying something that you don't necessarily want to glorify in your homage. You want to be recreating the source or the genre faithfully, but not in your own product, maybe necessarily glorifying the, the violence or whatever it is. Yeah, and I think that Mark Diaz Truman did a really good job of it. That's cool. I'll have to look into it more. Oh my gosh, that's, that's a game that I want to play with a very select group of people yeah. that can take it seriously and really delve into some of the darkness in it. Uh, now, I'm unfortunately not able to do things as seriously and deeply. R really? So, you can't do things seriously yeah. and deeply? Are you sure? Surprisingly, right? Yeah. So basically, I'm half Peruvian, and so I saw that and was kind of like, hey, this is a 
Latino game producer that's making a cool Latino genre mm -hmm. game. I want to do that too. And so my mind went immediately to telenovelas, which if you don't know what those are, those are the uh, Spanish language soap operas that are wonderfully over the top and they just run for years and years and years with these fantastic ridiculous stories uh they've been gaining some popularity in uh in america actually mm -hmm. with shows like jane the virgin and uh telenovela and actually uh ugly betty oh, that's interesting. is also i didn't I, i've never watched either of those shows and i didn't know that they, that's what they were pulling from i will say that jane the virgin especially is just wonderfully fun. Maybe, maybe it's in, delightfully television. Maybe in our week with off, very much a tongue in cheek. I'll take a look at that. I I really recommend it. It's fun. But so what I was trying to do is saying, hey, could we create these same telenovela feels and do it in kind of the fun over the top manner without necessarily being just straight up parody? Okay. Uh, and because we are about we're about we're about modification and hacking and stuff. So obviously you didn't sit down like a normal person to say, I'm going to make my own game system. No, making game systems sounds boring. Well, it sounds hard, for one. It sounds hard. So, so you sat down to boring. yourself to say, which game system have I played or seen that would fit this genre the most that I can then tweak, presumably. So walk me through that process, maybe. Okay. So really, the things that I wanted to capture is that Telenovelas are about essentially a small cast of characters or a small group of characters that are interacting with each other and the relationships are the really core pieces to it. Most of the time it's less focused on a big plot line and more saying, hey, how did these two characters come together? How did these... And there's lots of plot. Mm -hmm. God, there's lots of plot. But it's mostly about looking at how these characters change and interact with the world around okay. them. People that are familiar with Powered by the Apocalypse will not be surprised that that's what I went with. And people familiar with Brandon will also not be surprised that's what you went with. Because you... I, 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 because think it's, I think it would be safe to say that you feel about Powered by the Apocalypse games the same way that I feel about Fate. I think so. That I, I, I would not use Powered by the Apocalypse for everything. Well, then we don't feel the but, same way about it. Okay, so we differ in that I believe that there are some games that I would do without Powered by the Apocalypse. I mean, but if a game, I believe there are some games out there. There are some games that you could play out there without using Fate. I just think it wouldn't be as good. See, for me, it's just if the game is about social conflict mm -hmm. between primarily the main characters that are sitting around the table, right. that screams Powered by the Apocalypse for me. All right. I, I, I'll let okay. you're, you're entitled to that belief. That's fine with me. <laughs> so, um... All right. And also another thing that really works well with Powered by the Apocalypse and telenovelas is that the Powered by the Apocalypse games rely on tropes very heavily. Mm -hmm. They hand you a playbook that is more or less your completed character. Yeah. And the truth is that telenovelas also hand you a character <laughs> that you're able to say oh, that guy in the Generalissimo's jacket with an eye patch, he's probably the bad guy. Yeah. And uh, he's probably trying to sleep with the innocent servant girl in the white dress. Yeah. I'll also say, I don't really, I, I haven't personally watched any uh, telenovelas, but from my cultural awareness of telenovelas and soap operas from America, the other thing that... Um, Apocalypse World seems really perfect for is most Apocalypse World games have 
strings or relationships or bonds or something that connect characters and that sort of having a web of interaction between all your main characters seems very soap opera-y. Absolutely. And that's something that I'm going to borrow from uh, John Adamus's noir world yeah. is he has just enormous amounts of relationships between all the characters. Here is where we are right yeah, now. Yeah, tell me what you got. We have that it's PBTA. We have, uh, I've got a little list of playbooks that are kind of things that came to mind as major tropes and i have the stats okay uh every powered by the apocalypse game has some stats uh they tend to be fewer than there are in something like DD, or definitely fewer than there are in something like gurps i've narrowed it down to four so those are so they are uh sangre which means blood passion which means passion mente which is mind okay and pureza which is purity. So let me let me just try to guess what these things are. I'm gonna guess that that the blood is kind of a physicality stat. Yes. Passion, I imagine, would be like the like the the, uh, the over sexualized maid girl or whatever, <laughs> whatever it was you said on one end, and like the priest on the other end. Yeah, that's that's about kind of manipulating people with love and with uh with your raw emotional expression and mind is just how how, how smart yeah it's you like are, figuring people maybe? out and uh stuff okay. like that yeah, uh, yeah oh and when you and when your mind stat hits zero that's when you fall into a coma <laughs> well remember your mind might be starting at negative one because this is pbta oh, okay. <laughs> never mind then and uh Purity. I have no. I have no. I, I, I guess that's some kind of a sex stat, or uh, or maybe my mind isn't pure enough to understand your, what this stat is. Your mind might not be pure enough to guess what this stat is. So what it is is in telenovelas, you tend to have a big push and pull between the good peop the good characters, that tend okay. to be pure and loving and care about their families, and the corrupt, scary characters that are just trying to get their way and are trying to take advantage of people and trying to get rich. Okay, that makes sense. And so that's actually going to be a stat that shifts up and down. Okay, it sounds like it's kind of the... If the game has an overarching story line where some characters are good and some characters are bad, that purity stat is reflecting that. And so you are you would use that stat in moves that were related to the sort of larger plot line? Yeah, exactly. Maybe, as opposed to just interpersonal. Strict, strictly interpersonal. I'm also picturing things that it can be moved as romances and alliances are kind of being made and broken. So okay. if you use a seduce move and you get a 10 plus, maybe you get to take the person's purity and move them one step closer than, to you. Oh, that'd be interesting. Take a point as in they reduce theirs and you increase yours or you also decrease yours? My thinking was that on a 10 plus most of the time, you'd be able to just drag them one step closer to you. So you get opportunity That's for cool. redemption, but you've also got yeah. opportunity for the fall. Which I think That's is... Cool. I, I like I like redemption. I love redemption also. It's such an interesting thing to have. And my intention is that characters can start out with negative purity or positive purity. Mm -hmm. uh, because I also want it to feel like stepping into the middle of a, of a telenovela. That's interesting, because that's, that's a very similar to... Uh, we've played Masks a couple times, and Masks has that same uh, shifting stats 
based off of what other people think of you. Yeah, absolutely. That is blatantly stolen for masks. I'm not even going to pretend otherwise. I like that it's only on one, though. It, it, it's interesting. It means you have you have three stats that are kind of controlled and defining of your character, and and the, the, the purity stat is more, again, it feels like it's being defined very much by the, the story. Yeah, and so basically what I'm trying to capture is the idea of an abuela sitting on her couch, and she sees the bad guy come in, and she goes, oh, El. And, you know, you can immediately see, <laughs> yeah. oh, right now I'm at purity negative two. That means I'm a bad guy. I should be doing bad guy things. Yeah, because everyone knows who the bad guys are. Yeah, there's no question. Like, when you choose your playbook, it's not like you're going, oh, wait a second. I just realized, apparently this priest is a good guy. Yeah. It's interesting. Um, I'm going to, I'm going to make a guess because again, I haven't watched a whole lot of telenovelas, but it's interesting that you have in your, in your sort of typical Western story, you have your heroes and the, and, and they're the characters that you're following and the villains are kind of characters who are off to the side and maybe you see a scene or two of them, but it feels a little bit like with the telenovelas and with sort of soap operas, your your villains are sort of right there amongst the other characters. Yeah. It's they're really telenovelas and soap operas are true ensemble casts. Because you get things like, oh, here's this guy who's been playing the same character for eight years. And now he turns out he got put in the trunk of a car and driven off a cliff, but he's still around because it's his evil twin. Yeah. Well, that's interesting too because it isn't like a it isn't a story where you're gonna take all the heroes and the good guys and pick up and go to where the bad guys are and fight them. They're sort of in your midst, yeah. doing things to your to your friends and family, and so you have to sort of dance around the politics of the the good and bad situation. One of the classic setups for a telenovela is having two families that are both kind of movers and shakers within the community, and just throwing them in a neighborhood right next to each other. Is Romeo and Juliet a telenovela? Romeo and Juliet is basically a telenovela, actually. Oh That's my gosh. <laughs> Romeo and Juliet, but each of Romeo and Juliet have a twin. Yes, exactly, and they're both in comas. In, in, in a coma. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, that's what that's what taking the medicine does. They don't die at the end. They're in a coma. Yeah, it's... Because no one dies in a telenovela. It is... They just go into a coma. Yeah, and so that's or another thing. Or they drive off a cliff, or they're swept out into the water... Yeah. And then show up later in a coma. Lots of times people get hit in the head and then come back as evil. That's oh, a big one. With, with a mustache? Yeah, sometimes. Or, or an eye goatee. patch. Uh, and so that's also something that I want to capture. So the beginning of the... Just flow of the game, it's mm -hmm. going to look like sitting down and saying, uh, last time on Pasión de los Pasiones. Ooh, I like that. Right. And you have, based on your playbook, or maybe just as a general list, something that happened. I want to make it playbook specific, I think. So that you can say if you're, uh, you can say if you're La Doña, the, the matron, that uh, you took control of your daughter's life in this way. Mm -hmm. Or you could say, hey, I just woke up from a coma that I've been in for two and a half seasons. Yeah, that'll be, that'll be interesting. I, I love, I mean, I'm a, I'm a person who studied film in college. So that's like my, I love, I love film. I love storytelling of that variety. And so I love pen and paper games that sort of are unabashedly mimicking that genre and don't pretend like you're not playing a game 
where the story you're telling is a telenovela story, you're playing a TV show. Yeah, like, my intention is that you don't necessarily resolve the problems. You don't necessarily mm -hmm. have the problems at the beginning. You're like, oh, the priest just accidentally murdered a pirate, and the the police officer is under investigation, and the jefe just got six kilos of drugs, and he's going to try to get this innocent young girl to transport them. And at the end, we'll yeah. see what's happened. And also starting sort of with a... You're not at the beginning of first episode of the show. You're starting maybe in the middle of a season. Gives you really good starting story hooks. There is 100% going to be a basic move related to when you flashback. Oh, nice. I like that. Yeah. Will there be a ba Can there be a basic move about going to commercial? <laughs> uh, I think I want I one <laughs> uh, when you stare desperately at the camera. Mm. Or maybe when you stare desperately into someone's eyes. We'll have to see yeah. how that shakes out. Okay. Yeah, it's... I mean, it wouldn't work for this, but I really... It was one of the things I really liked about games like Inspectors was that they have that kind of Big Brother television moment where you can cut to, like, the confession camera. And I just... I, again, that just comes into my... I love fourth wall breaking in games like this because it shifts the role of the other players yeah so in a, in a sort of in a traditional game if you're the bard in the party but you're not in the scene your character's off somewhere else maybe you're having a, an in-character conversation with someone else you're with but really you're just not on screen so you're not relevant and so you as the per as the player are just sitting there but in moves but in, in games that are sort of unabashedly television shows it shifts the role of the other players who aren't on screen from non-existent to existent as the viewer of the tv show yeah and i i want it to have that kind of feel especially when you flashback so maybe it says when you flashback role plus whatever mm -hmm. contents of the move and then say the screen goes into soft focus and you you lose the current place set a new scene brief scene come back i was also thinking that i love the idea that maybe you have a list of um physical attributes or descriptors that you can pick from and that the, generally they just play into the, what your character looks like and they inform sort of the aesthetic yes. of the character but i love the idea that if you you have to choose between does your character have an eye patch or not does the character have a goatee and that that might then affect the actual stat of, like, add up all the negative, like, evil characteristics. I could see that working, actually. That might, that might be helpful. So when you sat down to start thinking about this game... Yeah. Uh, you, I mean, one of the first things that you told me about were those, the blood, passion, mind, purity things, and uh, for the stats. So is that generally where you start when you're thinking about doing an Apocalypse World hack? What I kind of look at is what is the part of the story that you want to be sure you're getting. Mm -hmm. um, and so for me, what that really was is in capturing telenovela, I wanted to have lots of opportunity for people to slap each other and grab each other's wrists. Mm -hmm. Lots of opportunity to use wiles, feminine or masculine in order to get someone onto your side. Mm-hmm. And I wanted a back-and-forth feeling on um, on whether you're a protagonist or an antagonist. So, yeah, so taking those uh, three stats, mm -hmm. I then looked at Urban Shadows and Monster Hearts and a couple of other... Uh, and actually Apocalypse World itself. Yeah. 
and I just said, what do I have covered by these stats and what is still kind of loose and not covered? Mm-hmm. And I wanted to make sure that I had a stat that was related to understanding somebody. And I didn't want that to be passion. Okay. Because I wanted to have the opportunity to have a character that is passionate and strong in those ways that isn't quite able to put together what's going on. Okay, yeah, that makes sense. So once you've got those stats laid out, then are you starting to think about basic moves? Are you thinking about things that everyone does? Are you thinking about the sort of team moves, moment of truth type things that a lot of other Apocalypse World games have? Or because it's a telenovela, are you diving straight into the playbooks for the characters? So the thing that's the most fun for me is looking at the different playbooks. Okay. Uh, but I think that also working out some of the basic moves is important. Some of that, I think, will hopefully come out as I start playing with the playbooks. So then, when you sit down to think about a uh, playbook... Yeah. What is it in your mind? Are you thinking about... Uh, like, so I've been sitting here looking at the uh, a, a Masks playbook and a an Urban Shadows playbook. Okay. So are you thinking, are you immediately thinking about the moves? Are you starting to think about the, the looks, the, the, um, the drama moves, the corruption track? Like, what is it about, um, now that we've, we've sort of narrowed down to playbooks, what is it about playbooks that you start to start thinking about as you're doing this? So the first thing that I did in terms of trying to get together a list of playbooks, um, and well, let me reword that. The first thing I did was basically try to get a list of playbooks. Like, what okay. are the characters that appear over and over again in telenovelas? Did you do that by sitting down and, like, listing out a bunch of telenovela characters? I actually sat down with my mom, yeah, uh, who used to watch telenovelas while she was living in Peru. And we came up with a bunch of different things. I had a couple things on my list already. We then went and watched uh, a telenovela together and got to add a couple more things to it. Uh, so it really probably depends what you're doing. Okay. But going to media references, I think, is a fantastic way to do it. When you realize that a character isn't covered by your playbook, then you say, hey, maybe that's a playbook. So you're thinking about the playbooks. You're thinking about the characters. You've kind of got your list, your your names, your, your archetypes there. Um, yeah. So obviously then from there, things like the look, the, the aesthetics of that character sort of will obviously play out. Um, if you've got a list of characters, you can kind of say which of these all char- these characters all fit this this mold, this archetype. But obviously, they have things that distinguish themselves. Are you the type of evil general that has a goatee? Are you the type of evil general who has a mustache or uh, an eye yeah. patch? Or are you bald? Do you have a full head of hair? Yeah, and a lot of that is kicking in and looking again at the media. Yeah. Um, like when I was putting together um El Jefe, who is the the boss, the he's pro he's quite probable what someone would use if they were trying to make the general Mm -hmm. okay so why don't we just so people can start grokking this game yeah you're working on uh quickly run down just all the playbooks and maybe give me a brief description of what they what they are so the first one is el desconocido which is the stranger uh lots of times in soap operas and in telenovelas you've got a guy that appears out of town and he's very Mm -hmm. important very wealthy on a motorcycle yeah he comes in on a motorcycle and he's got wonderful hair. Yeah. And he's here to, to do things and change things. Yeah. Oh, it's, it's dangerous. Yeah, this the community will be forever changed by this guy coming in. We can't have that. 
Yeah. He's probably somebody from about five or six seasons ago, but nobody remembers because he's had face surgery. The next one is La Doña, which is kind of like the matriarch. So that's a woman who's in charge of a family. And so she's, or he, like, you know, any of these mm -hmm. can be male or female. It's just what the trope tends to do. But La Doña tends to be about controlling a family and trying to do what's best. There's frequently a lot of manipulation. In any telenovela, she's going to be gorgeous. Right. Yeah. That kind of character always is like, they're, do they're trying to do what's best. But what, or what they claim is the best for the family. But what's best for your character might not be what's best for the family. And what she thinks is best for the family might really just be what's best for her. Yeah, if you are or the him. son or the daughter of uh, the matriarch, then she's going to be making your life uh, very complicated. La empleada uh, is the employee, mm -hmm. which sounds weird. So let me break it down a yeah. little bit. I'm not sure uh, I fully understand this one. This is a role that's really, really popular in telenovelas and is seen a little bit less in American TV. Mm -hmm. uh, so you have like a rich family that's a very wealthy family and they are the backdrop to the telenovela. Frequently, you'll also have a character that is, she's young, she's beautiful, she's very pure, she's, she's very good, she's not involved in all these machinations and stuff and somebody older and scarier is probably in love with her. Up next, I have El Gemelo, uh, which is the twin, because you need to have a twin in any soap opera. I'm gonna set up a starting move that kind of separates whether this is a twin of somebody who's around and in it, or if this is a twin that has killed or captured the other twin. I'm loving all of the background stuff that I get to put into this game, <laughs> I gotta say. Uh, the next one up, I'm not sure if this is going to stay in, but it's La Impostura, which is the imposter. I feel like it's a little too close to the stranger and a little too close to the twin. So that's probably going to get cut. Unless I get like major inspiration for something with it. Up next is El Jefe, which is the boss in Spanish. Uh, and so basically that is, we've talked about this guy all throughout the entire podcast because he's yeah. the best example. <laughs> he's your bad guy. He's your generalissimo. He's the scary older guy or scary older woman. Up next is El Padre, which is the priest. There are frequently priests that are there to kind of give advice and guidance and be the the moral upright in it. Thinking I might even put some kind of mechanic in that prevents the purity from going down. Although there are definitely tons of stories you can tell with a scary evil priest, mm -hmm. I think that's probably not the story that's being told by this playbook. Next is El Pirata which is the pirate, which again might require a little bit of explanation because so far we've been talking primarily about like right. a couple of okay. rich families. Yeah. Is it a literal pirate? It is sometimes a literal pirate. There yeah. are lots of telenovelas with actual literal pirates that come and kidnap people Oh God! and like have vengeful plots and all of this wild stuff. If you see people on a boat in a telenovela, there's a pirate. That is, yeah, and that's when it has gotten good. That's like where it's at. Okay, okay. So that is like a big romantic character that is can also like be there to mess things up. This is the chaos character. I also love how many of these characters, like the the um, the pirate or the imposter or the twin, who could be either the love interest or the primary bad guy. <laughs> Absolutely. That's that's the fun thing is because with these telenovelas and these soaps, people move from being the good guy to the bad guy so often. Yeah, maybe the pirate shows up 
starts wreaking havoc, kidnapping people, but then kidnaps the the the, the child character away from their overbearing mother and, yeah. and rescues them. Absolutely, and that's a great place to end an episode yeah. and say, "All right, next time we get together, what's going to happen next?" Up next is El Policia. There tends to be some kind of policeman or detective or something like that to try yeah. to keep things straight because you know that there is crooked stuff going on. Yeah. And so when you choose the policeman, there definitely will be some kind of thing of there is nail crime happening. The last one, I'm struggling with the name on this one because it seems like it's a little bit regional. El Vividor, which is the playboy. Mm-hmm. This is just, again, in everything. It's the rich, handsome guy that has too much money and is throwing it around. Yeah. Or the rich beautiful woman who has so much money or whatever it may be someone who is there to enjoy the finer things in life and therefore be taken advantage of and take advantage of people yeah so i think i'm starting to, to sort of get into this world to get into the 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 setting and i've got, awesome. some, I've got a couple ideas for uh maybe some playbooks that i'll add um, yes you, you told me one of them yeah, i told already. you one of them because while i have absolutely no experience uh watching telenovelas i have quite a bit of experience watching luchador wrestling so i'm gonna try to make a luchador character which might seem like a ridiculous thing that couldn't possibly work but luchador traditions go back quite a ways Mm -hmm. and i have no problem with my semi semi serious semi humorous take on telenovelas including a guy with a mask uh cool so we will come back in a week with a little bit more information. All right. It'll be only moments for you guys. Because these moments pass like leaves in the wind. So it's been a week since we last spoke about this game. Yeah, we've been... Uh, I know I've been on vacation and doing some stuff with that. And yeah. You were in Pennsylvania? Yep, I went to Pennsylvania to visit some friends. Uh, they have a very small house. We camped outside it. Oh, fantastic. I slept, I slept <laughs> in a hammock for the weekend. It was really comfortable. All right. Great. Um, got away, got to clear my head, think about different game stuff. And uh, so we're back now talking about the second part of... Uh, or we're getting into some more of the details of this game that we've been, that you've been working on. And I kind of have been making one... Uh, playbook for <laughs> well, well you've also been talking through stuff with me on telenovela world for a little while yeah so do you want to talk about your playbooks first and then we'll go over mine uh yeah sure or do you want do you want to do basic moves or playbooks oh, oh yeah. we discussed that's right, that's right. Ba- go- basic moves or not really no i don't think and i haven't even really looked at them too much so let me pull that up that's fine i feel like some of them still need some work and there's a possibility that there might be some that need to be added still okay so i'm pulling up this document it looks like all your basic moves are broken down into the different stats, so... Yeah, I basically figured that that would keep my mind focused on what I'm trying to do with it and wouldn't let any one stat get too overloaded. Alright, so the basic move for Sangre is lash out in anger. When your passions get the better of you and you lash out in anger physically or verbally, roll plus Sangre on a hit, inflict stress, and choose one. Take something from them, clear one stress... And on a 7 to 9, also choose they may push or pull your purity, or they cause you stress as well. Yeah, so basically what I wanted is something that, uh, that making an attack, because like, you know, pretty much it's mm-hmm. hard to avoid a game that has some, that doesn't have some kind of a combat thing. 
Yeah. But in a telenovela, that attack could very well be a verbal attack. Yeah. And so what this is, what I'm trying to do with it is that it causes stress, which is the harm or damage in the game. Uh, but it also can make you feel better that you lashed out at somebody. Or you yeah. can move your have pure to get moved around. I like that, yeah. I also have under sangre escape move. Uh, mm-hmm. I think there needs to be some kind of move for escape, but I want to make it stand on its own, and I feel like it currently doesn't. So that's sort of just something that's in the back of my mind. It's probably a useful thing to have. Yeah, some kind of a dramatic leaving the scene. Yeah, exactly, but I, okay. I haven't figured out exactly how to get the flavor where I want it to be. Uh, under pasión, when you show someone your hidden passions, roll plus pasión. I more or less took this wholesale from Monster Hearts. So on a 10 plus, mm-hmm. they choose two. On a 7 to 9, they choose one, and your purity is pulled by your target. Basically, I wanted it to be something that there's a little bit more going on in any individual uh, role of this. So okay. they get the give yourselves to them, which is right out of Monster Hearts, promise something they think you want, or your purity is pulled towards them. So then moving on to Mente, the, move, the first move is read a person. When you try to figure someone out, you roll Mente. On a hit, you hold two, and on a seven to nine, they hold one on you as well. And while you're interacting with them, you can spend one for one to ask their player a question. Yeah, it's basically the same read-a-person move that's in a lot of the different Apocalypse World games. The two big things that really are different in it is you can ask who they were last intimate with. Mm -hmm. And if they've previously shared a moment of intimacy with them, you get to ask one additional question, even on a miss. Ooh, that's interesting. I like that. And in soap operas where everyone's all tied up together that's going to come up. Yeah. And then you have a flashback move here. This so this that... is probably my favorite of them, actually. Okay. Then why don't you read the description? So when you remind someone of your sordid past together, you roll plus mente. On a hit, describe a brief flashback scene you had and take plus one forward when acting on that information. On a 10 plus, you describe the whole scene. On a 7 to 9, you begin the scene, but they finish it. Oh, that is really good. I like that. I think it's a, a lot. lot of fun. Um... Because it very much means you get to throw in whatever you want. Well, you get to throw in at least part of the scene. And if you don't really succeed, then they throw in Bart. I I came up with a move for one of the playbooks that I absolutely love, even though it isn't one of the ones that I said I was going to be writing. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I just want to bring it up now. Uh, Yeah, sure. It's called uh, I Was Beautiful Once. When you flashback, nobody can resist your wiles, even on a miss. Yeah, I remember you were saying that. Tell me about that. And that's for the matriarch? Yeah, that's for the matriarch. Basically, when the matriarch does her flashbacks, no matter what, everybody's in love with her. And then this last move on this list is the is a purity move. And the purity move is when you stare longingly into the camera, hoping for a better life. Roll plus purity. And on a hit, you choose someone to help you achieve a goal... And once you do, they mark XP. And on a 10+, plus, they also take negative one against you until a goal is achieved. Yeah, I'm not 100% sure that I'm loving this. Um, It might be a little too powerful. Mm -hmm. But mostly the staring into the camera, that's something the good characters do more often than not. Yeah. But we're basically looking at, this is going to be the type of Apocalypse World hack that has a very limited number of sort of one set of of basic moves. You don't have a gated set of basic moves that you have to accomplish something first, like masks. Yeah, I don't think that there's any need for it. I mean, honestly, 
I was a little tempted at the beginning to say there isn't experience or progression. Yeah. And I'm still not sure whether there's going to be or not. Part of me wants to eliminate experience entirely. Yeah. I can see how the purity system itself is kind of a little bit of progression, because you're talking about characters who are kind of fundamentally not going to change a whole lot, except maybe they'll just be an eviler version of themselves or a more good version of themselves. Right, that's true. I was going to say, don't forget that you can get hit in the head and turned into an evil version of yourself. Yeah, ooh, that should be a basic move. (laughs) When you become an evil version of yourself. (laughs) Yeah. Invert the the positivity or negativity of your of your purity. That's going to be a move for the for uh, El Hamelo actually, the twin, nice. that he can at any point swap purity along the axis. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I like that. So you said you did two playbooks so far. Yes, I did two playbooks, and I did a little bit of jumping around also because I just couldn't help myself. So I'm looking at Empleada. Okay. So yeah, so just going over briefly again who the Empleada is, she is a usually beautiful serving girl that works for the rich family that the telenovela is ostensibly about. Lots of times she's actually the main character. So I gave her, in terms of uh, her stats, I gave her minus one sangre, uh, plus zero passion and plus one mente. Okay. I'm still not 100% sure I like this. My thinking was that having her have the plus one passion would feel a little bit odd, even though it's used for the seduction. I like yeah. the idea that she's kind of smart and figuring stuff out. So I can see how having the... Given that you're only going to have one plus one somewhere, mm-hmm. I could see how having that plus one in passion would make the character a little bit more sort of like the playboy character. Yeah, I wanted to avoid that. With only one positive stat, that will sort of define the character. And so having the sort of main character character defined by ability to think kind of works for me, but having them defined by passion would make them... Uh, it might be wrong for the character. Mm-hmm. Lampleada is largely about figuring stuff out. For look, I've taken it from Noir World. It's just to tell everyone two things they'll notice when they look at you. And I added for this, besides, of course, your subdued beauty, you get two items from this list in addition to your worker's outfit. Basically little hooks that you can grab onto. Okay. Uh, and I gave her a cart full of chemicals, a very incriminating love letter, a surprisingly slinky dress, a rosary from your grandmother, and a rotating cast of flowers in your hair. Nice. Uh, when I when I read the first one, it took me a moment to remember that you probably meant cleaning chemicals. Yes, I did mean uh, cleaning and I chemicals. I thought it was just a big push cart of like biochemical waste or something. So last time on is a mechanic that we've got in order to give it the feeling that this has been a show that has been going on for thirty years. And so that would be these. These will be things that you set up before the first time you guys pl- before anyone plays yeah absolutely and there's a possibility that if you were running more than one session you could do another last time on and move forward like a month of plot okay yeah that would work that's cool um basically the idea is that i want this to feel like you are dropping in for an episode of the show so i wrote two so far you had a very close brush with the romance with blank we're talking eyes meet slowly in lips almost tell us more about it so you have a romantic, an almost romantic encounter. Yeah, which I think is very important for Lay and Playata. Because that also puts you with the situation of, hey, why didn't that go to a full romantic encounter? Yeah, I was going to say, you might want to add to that, um, asking them specifically what it was that stopped it. 
Oh, yeah. I think that's important. Yeah, I like that. I'm going to add that in, definitely. And then also, this goes deeper than you'd realized. You caught blank and blank in a moment of plotting. Uh, so she's a high, highly affected by purity character. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I haven't named this move yet, but it's called Work Move currently. And it's choose a family or a place of business that you currently work for and explain what your job is. You have keys to every room in this location except for one. Tell us what it is. And then during any scene in this location, whether you're in it or not, you may roll plus pureza to see something you shouldn't have. On a hit, you saw what just happened. On a 10 plus, you got away without being spotted yourself. I like the whether you're in it or not. Yeah. So you can be sneaking around. Exactly. You just, you know, you happen to be dusting in this room when El Jefe and uh, La Doña are totally making out. Yeah, there's actually a move that I made for El Luchador that is a little bit similar to that. I gotta say, that is one of my favorite kinds of moves. It's in uh, Urban Shadows with the Tainted is in Urban Shadows. The Infernal is Monster Hearts, and I think both of mm-hmm. them have a move for showing up suddenly. <laughs> I like that. I like this one also because it, it lets her still blend into the background. Yeah. Because on the 7 to 9, you might not be in the scene. It might be you're peeking through the window, and then you're out of the scene, and they can continue their scene. But they saw you. Yeah, so they know. And maybe you don't know they know. And maybe you don't know they know. Uh, The next move is uh, Confession. When you tell someone of your wrongdoings, raise your purity by one. If your purity is already plus three, raise their purity by one. So I also have one final move. I'm probably going to come up with one more at some point. My hope is four moves per playbook, but we'll see how it works. Mm -hmm. And it's uh, Las Dos Marias, which is a reference to the two Marys from the Bible. Okay, so one of the big things in a lot of telenovelas is the contrast of what it is to be a woman between uh, the Virgin Mary and Mary Magdalene. Uh, It's kind of a big cultural thing to have that kind of complex, that at the same time you're supposed to be feminine and reproductive and flirtatious and beautiful, and also mm-hmm. subdued and in control of yourself and your emotions and, and holy and pure. Characters that are very innocent but also very beautiful are put into this complex. That it's mm-hmm. very hard to see where they kind of like almost fall in a continuity, but they're supposed to represent both things at the same time. And so I gave it that name in part because I think it's a very important concept within the genre but then also just to draw attention to the fact that, hey, it is a little bit of something to digest in a conscious manner and not just accept without thinking about. Yeah, I like I like the name. I didn't understand it at first, but... Yeah, I'm, my hope is like that it. the names will primarily be in Spanish or all be in yeah. Spanish, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm going to have to watch... Uh, a lot more telenovelas until I can make them culturally relevant references. I don't think think any of my movies are in Spanish. That's totally fine. Some of my moves don't have... Spanish, so... (laughs) You've been doing a great job uh, going with them, uh, just saying the words. So, Las Dos Marias, when you use the seduce move, you may choose to roll using your pureza instead of pasión. Uh, So basically, if you are all pure you can roll using that instead. So why don't we move on to El Jefe? All right, El Jefe. We're jumping immediately to the opposite end of the purity spectrum. Yeah. Did you see that I made one of the names, Ernesto? 
I did. I did. I'm, I'm laughing at the fact that you put your father's name on this list. I, I just was like, I, <laughs> I love my father very much. He's a great guy. He's fantastic. But it occurred to me that it would be hilarious to put his name in as El Jefe. Yeah. I, I don't know if you saw, I also put under uh, La Abuela uh, my grandmother's name. Oh, oh, I didn't. But I also don't know your grandmother. She's, she's extremely glamorous. Yeah. Well, then, that's yeah. perfect for that playbook. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, so uh, for El Jefe, his stats are plus one Sangre, minus one Pasión, plus zero Mente. This one sucked to choose the stats for. Yeah. Because realistically, El Jefe in a lot of telenovelas would be plus one, plus one, plus one. Yeah. They're conniving, they're clever, they got all that stuff figured out. So I might rework those at some point. Uh, for purity, they choose anywhere from negative three to plus zero. Okay, and then this this uh, this belongings list is really good. Do you like the belong? <laughs> do you like the belongings list? Yeah, I enjoyed going through this one. So he definitely starts with a well tailored suit, and he also gets two other things: an exaggeratedly large revolver, a mansion on the verge of being a castle, a guard with no neck who follows you around, more money than you know what to do with blackmail materials, a big scary knife, a truck full of drugs, an eye patch, or an old-style high-ranking military uniform with hat. That was my favorite. That was my favorite, too. Uniform. That is the go-to. I almost made it so that that was the default clothing. Yeah, but it gives you the option to have that as a choice. It lets you make a, an, an El Jefe character who isn't old military, Yeah, who is maybe more of a, a mobster or a gangster. Yeah, absolutely. And or make the sort of Generalissimo character. Yeah, and I even I put El Generalissimo as a character name because that is what I would play if I was playing El Jefe. So uh, El Jefe's last time on moves are yeah. So the first one, this is my favorite, and what everyone should choose if they choose El Jefe. Oh, you had a choice. Yes, you choose Did, one of there, them. Was there a choice for the um, empleada? Yeah, my thinking was that you choose one of those, but I guess oh, okay. there's I no reason remember. you couldn't be. Hey, choose all of these. Okay, that's kind of awesome. That would make an enormous amount of chaos. Yeah, when I made my last time on moves, I wasn't thinking choose one, but. Uh... Yeah, okay, so choose one. Maybe, oh. maybe not. Maybe it is choose all of them. We'll have to see. Again, a lot of this is something I want to shake out in play, see how it goes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so blank got in your way for the last time. So you did what you had to do. You killed them. Tell us about it. And this is fun because you could make it a PC. And <laughs> Oh, right, because no one actually gets killed. No, you, you didn't see the body. They're still okay. around. Yeah, right, because you probably didn't actually do the killing. You hired someone to kill them. Yeah, or or maybe you didn't, you know? And, or, yeah. <laughs> Who knows? You shot them and they fell into the river. Yeah. Uh, and so it could be a PC, it could be an NPC. You could say, like, Lampleada's father, and then that's done. Okay. And then also, Blank just woke up from a coma that you put them in. Do they remember, or will your face appear to them in a dream? I like that, too. I, I, I like everything about this game. <laughs> I'm, I like... I'm super excited to play this game, guys. I'm, yeah. like, real pumped. So why don't we finish up on the moves for this character? Okay, so uh, El Jefe gets Dangerous Passion. When you roll a hit on Lash Out in Anger, they also select an option from the Seduce move. Okay. Uh, so basically the idea with that is lots of times you have uh, El Jefe uh, like grabbing someone's wrist and pulling them close to, to snarl yeah. something out at them. 
and this is doing that. Okay. Uh, and it also encourage it also allows him to use his uh, sangre instead of his pasión, mm-hmm. uh, which gets around a little bit that negative one pasión. Yeah. While still allowing mm-hmm. him to do some of the same stuff. Yeah, I like that. And then you have that. Also, <laughs> it's occurring to me abruptly that that could cause an enormous amount of purity adjustment. Because mm. lash out in anger can already do that, but that could be that's fine. Because those are pivotal moments when someone lashes out in anger. The next move is a mente move. I haven't named it yet. Something something. Getting info on people. Mm-hmm. This is for any character you may roll once with mente. On a ten plus, hold two. On a seven to nine, hold one. Trade hold one for one to ask the following questions. Uh, and so the I need to come up with a couple more questions for this. Who is the family member you most care about? Where do you spend the most time? What criminal activity are you involved in? These are things that El Jefe knows something about your past that he can use as leverage. That, um, which family member do you care about the most is really cruel. It's <laughs> like, that is something you definitely don't want El Jefe to know. Yeah, and so I wanted to give the option for El Jefe to just know that. And I've got one third mood for him as well which is also named after something. It's a reference to Narcos. Mm-hmm. Uh, plata o plomo, which is uh, silver or lead. When you demand something be given to you, roll plus negative purity or reverse purity. So it basically being low is better. On a hit, they choose to hand it over or immediately take one harm. On a 10 plus, choose one also, threaten two harm instead of one, or pull their purity. Basically, this is a way to extort stuff from people. I like that you did these two characters first, because I feel very much like Lampliata is a character who is someone sneaking around, personally looking for secrets about people. Yeah. Uh, either through happenstance because of their job, or through, not malice, but like intention. Um, and El Jefe is a character who trades in secrets and who knows things about people and then uses those secrets to to get whatever they want. Yeah. Uh, it's definitely... That was definitely an intentional thing. Um, yeah. And it was also definitely intentional that they are very opposite in terms of purity. So, yeah, those are the two characters that I went through. I also threw a couple of random little things into other character sheets... But mm-hmm. nothing that I think is necessarily worth going into at this moment. Well, then, l- why don't I talk about El Luchador? Yeah, I can't wait to hear about El Luchador. <laughs> so, I didn't come up with any names yet, because I couldn't decide how much I wanted to pull a bunch of just actual real Luchador names, because one of the things that is true of Lucha is that a lot of the characters are named after their family lines. Okay. And so I wasn't sure... I'll have to go through and come up with some sort of generic family names. But you have a lot of, like, Blue Demon, and then Blue Demon Jr., and then the son of Blue Demon Jr., and that sort of thing. So definitely, after the name, you have to choose if you are Jr. or not. Sure, yeah, absolutely. That's definitely very important. That's super important. Um, I made him a plus one Sangre, uh, plus zero Passion, and negative one Mente character because he's a big he's a big physical he's a big person. Dude. <laughs> um but he's not unfamiliar with passion. Definitely. Um, he's maybe not a character driven by passion, but is a character who is susceptible to it. Makes sense. 
So then for the look, I said specifically describe your mask, what are its primary colors, and do you intend for the mask to strike fear or inspire confidence? Oh, that's fantastic. I like that a lot. One of the sort of reoccurring themes that I had pulled out is luchadors, in my experience, sort of fall into those two categories of either you've got the blue demon who I, at least I think inspire is trying to inspire confidence. He's got a, it's a, it's a rich blue color where you can still see his eyes versus someone uh, who is like, there are a couple like dragon characters where they have spiky masks with horns and fangs. And they're definitely trying to strike, to strike fear into people. As I was coming up with the sort of ideas behind this character, that there is sort of a duality in the luchadors where you have, even outside of the ring, characters who, like, you could play a luchador um, who is the thug who works for El Jefe. Yeah, that'd be a and great And he's the fear in striking, striking fear character. Or you can do the character who maybe he's, he's inspiring confidence, he's doing um, service for the community, he's trying to build up the town and bring everyone together and he's like a, a superhero but kind of just a wrestler yeah um that's that's so, great that's exactly what i think uh lucha is about and actually yeah oh yeah drawing from that just pulling back for just a second i see you put his starting purity as either negative three negative two or positive two or positive three yeah yeah that's uh, great lucha, like because to some extent the character that i'm asking you to play with the playbook here is not the person under it is to some extent the person under the mask but it is also the mask yeah and lucha characters are not they're not sent they're not neutral they're good guys or they're bad guys oh yeah definitely and they're really good or really bad so i like the idea that you could choose to either start on either end of the purity spectrum but not in the middle for belongings two items from the list in addition to your luchador outfit uh and those items are a key to your local wrestling gym where you train, um, a big roll of cash from the last tournament you won, a friendly lucha who will come to tag in if you need a friend, either in a physical combat or in a social situation. <laughs> in a you social a situation is amazing. In the it's m- just like you have a buddy who's, who'll show up. In the middle of a date. Yeah, He'll just show you know. up and grab your coffee. Um, one of my favorite items you can choose is a... Uh, a low rider styled to match your mask because every lucha should have a vehicle. Oh, I love that um, also just with the vision of the of the lucha just driving up next to the to the mansion and being like hola. Yeah. Um you can have a gun with a handful of bullets. Ooh. Um or a prop weapon that fits your lucha character. Much better choice. That one. So that one. It can either be a real weapon or a prop. Perfect. And then, so the the two last time ons that I wrote were when you were down on your luck, somebody loaned you cash to get through to the next competition. Nice. Who who was it? Then the other one is someone has seen your true face. Someone has seen you without a mask on. Perfect. And so they know your secret identity. Yeah. So that could be that could be any number of people. That could be someone who has who has dirt on you and is controlling you or something like that. Yeah. Or a love interest. I, I might need some of your assistance for okay. these moves, but I have four moves. Two of them are better than others, I think. The first one I called Bad Movies, and that <laughs> is that alongside your wrestling competitions, you've also contracted to star in a series of truly terrible movies. 
This is the best. Um, they, they didn't earn you much cash, but they grant you a certain amount of fame. And then my idea was that you would get some sort of a bonus to roles versus children and characters who admitted to seeing your films. The trope of the Lucha being a, a, a sort of a positive central figure who has children that aspire to be the lucha is one that i like one of his advances yeah. should totally be a little gang of children that can do odd jobs for him yeah i like that that's <laughs> cool um so the next move i made is called shocking reveal and that's when you're in a verbal or physical conflict with someone you can choose to unmask yourself and reveal your true identity it will be so shocking that it will either turn the tide of the argument in your favor or the conflict will be forgotten and so, and then the, the person will get two strings, whatever you're going to call strings, against you. So the idea that I had was, if the if if the lucha is in a conflict, basically that they're losing. Yeah. You have a kind of get out of jail free card in that you can pull off your mask, shock them, and then like scene end. Um, That's cool. They'll have they'll be able to like call in a favor or they'll be able to, they'll have some like control over you in the future because they know who you are. Yeah. But you got out of that conflict. Yeah. Without losing anything else. Yeah. I can definitely see that working. Currently there are not strings, mm -hmm. but it could be that there should be because strings yeah. are a real fun mechanic to have. I left it as just a, um, strings in sort of brackets. So yeah. Whatever you want to call that or some other mechanic. Maybe they hold a plus one or two or something against you. Yeah. But yeah, that's that's great. I love that as a as a move. That's awesome. Yeah. Obviously, you can only ever do that once per person. Per person. Yeah. So you'd want to hold on to that um, for the right moment. Yeah. Uh, great. The next move I have is called Enter the Ring. And whenever anyone mentions your name, you can choose to enter the scene. Perfect. <laughs> and that's just... That can be either you were in a in the next room or you show up in your lowrider or there's a lot of um tropes with like characters who are luchas who are hunters okay um like there's a there's a character in the show um lucha underground who is prince puma and prince puma frequently because he's a he's like an african hunter okay um he's he frequently shows up just in the rafters of the wrestling arena amazing just watching because he's hunting somebody and so i like that that you could just sort of be there yeah just billowing smoke and then you are there yeah um, great and then which leads into the last move i've made called otherworldly which is again blurring this line between what's real and what's not real something about your character the or the mask or whatever is supernatural uh so when you lash out in anger you roll plus purity instead of plus sangre. Okay. And then on a hit, your strange persona adds to an effect to the action. Either they're scared by the fact that you're pretending to be a dragon or whatever. Um, and on a plus 10, they truly believe you are whatever your character is. That's fantastic. And then they and also so, would get the effects of lash out in anger? Yes. Okay. That's great. Yeah. So that that should maybe even be absolute value of purity. Yeah. Because if your character is very impure, they would be super extra intimidating and scary, potentially. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I probably need to find a better way to word that, but yes, that was my intention. But uh, I think we have a good uh, a good start here. I like this. I like where this is going. I th I'm not sure that my luchador character truly fits into this setting, but... Uh, I really like the uh, lucha, I really though. I want him to. 
I think that he probably doesn't fit into the setting on a basic level. Like, I think your chances of turning on a telenovela and seeing a luchador are relatively low, but it yeah. would not shock me if it has appeared somewhere at some time. Yeah, and I like the idea of the luchador being... Um, because they're someone who isn't without passion, like they are, they're, they're, they're I mean, they're characters, they're big, yeah. it's even more than, I mean, they're, um, they wouldn't, it, it wouldn't feel out of place to have the luchador be the love interest and have sort of that conflict of who is underneath this mask. And, um, in, in the same way that you have the, the stranger or the pirate are kind of characters whose origin is a little unknown um and so the characters might fall in love with them or have romantic entanglements with them and want to look into their backgrounds the luchador is not someone who disappears he doesn't go away he's always there but he's always wearing the mask and so it's kind of it's similar but different yeah absolutely it's it's a it's a step away from being spider-man because sometimes spider-man is peter parker Okay, so I think that's a good start. I think we covered a lot of the basics. Uh, we got a couple good basics. I think we have a sense. Hopefully, the listeners, too, have a good sense of what the basic moves look like, what the stats look like, uh, what some of the characters are going to look like, and how they're going to play. Um, yeah, and this, and is, this is definitely something I want to keep on working on. My hope is that come November, I'll be able to bring it to Metatopia. Yeah, so I think when we release the podcast, we'll definitely release the sort of very early beta playbooks for those three characters that we just talked about yeah and um maybe the basic moves too um definitely want to hear what you guys think um because obviously i'm not really a great as someone who hasn't watched a lot of telenovelas brandon's been bouncing these ideas off of me and i can tell you i can tell him what sounds like a good idea for a game but i don't know as much about the setting so if anyone out there any of our listeners are more familiar with it uh feedback would be great I feel like this I feel like this could really be a game. I would love to to play this. So in the future yeah. I might be putting out the call to listeners and saying, Hey, uh meet me online or in the New York area and we'll play some telenovela world. So as always, check out the show notes. All that stuff will be there. Uh or go to the website stophackandroll.com and check out the uh the blog post, which is all where the show notes are mirrored. Um you can tweet at us at stophackandroll. Uh, on Twitter, and we'll see that. Or you can tweet at us individually. Uh, I am at End the Meltdowns. And I'm at Dr. Captain Cobalt. So you can email us at stophackandroll.com. My email address would be james at stophackandroll.com. And I'm Brandon at stophackandroll.com. So uh, as you are out there in the world, looking longingly into the distance, watching the sunset, thinking about who's wronged you and who owes you money and who you owe money, don't forget to stop, hack, and roll. Adios. Adios.